I want to finish what I was telling you. That I'm excited about this series because obviously one of my favorite characters or fa uh, favorite actual living beings in the history of the world and in the Bible is John the Baptist. For he is, according to Jesus Christ, the greatest man who ever lived. Pardon me. Outside of himself. And, of course, he is God. And, uh, and this will be a welcome break for many people who are mad at me for preaching against wokeism, the blob of Beelzebub, and, uh, and the truth of the matter is when I preach messages like this, we get more uh, viewers, we get more listeners, and uh, you would think I would preach and stick with preaching messages like this. But sometimes God will call a prophet, God will call uh, an evangelist, and even a pastor. Uh, because to preach on a series or something for a while because it is a crisis situation and the church needs to be warned. Shame on the pastor who and the preacher who sticks with their program when the ship is sinking. We don't need for the minister on a boat, a cruise, as so many ministers go on today, uh, preaching about uh, the importance of water baptism when the ship is sinking. We need for you to get a pail and try to get this water off this ship to save our lives so that we can make it to shore. And so, my beloved, I'm excited to commence. Even my wife is laughing, so yeah, I know that's deeply funny. We have an emergency, and I think we're going to have an emergency until Jesus comes. We're in a crisis situation.
I'm sorry to inform you <coughs> that religion, Christianity, uh, as it has been, which has been terrible, uh, over the past 60, 50 to 60 to 70 years, uh, will not continue as it has been. <coughs> Those days are going bye-bye. And so, by the grace of God, however, this morning I want to preach And I may retitle this. <coughs> Excuse me. I may retitle this. The death of the greatest man who ever lived. Even greater than Solomon. But not greater than Jesus. For he is the Son of God, thus he is God Almighty. Now, you'll never get your head around that, but believe it. And so, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Just Jesus evangelistic campaign as we roll on after almost seven years. Day 2130, uh, since January the 20th, 2017, day 2515, since January the 1st, 2016, we're working on 3,000 Just Jesus evangelistic campaign messages. And not only do we get more listeners and more viewers when I preach the Just Jesus evangelistic campaign proper, uh, I would say that it is more enjoyable even to me uh, because um, it's not as hard to preach about Just Jesus. Matthew chapter 14 verses 1 through 12 the death of the greatest man who ever lived John the Baptist at that time Herod the Tetrarch heard of the fame of Jesus and said unto his servants this is John the Baptist he is risen from the dead, <clears throat> and therefore mighty works do show forth themselves in him. For Herod had laid hold on John, and bound him, and put him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife. 
For John said unto him, It is not lawful for thee to have her. And when he would have put him to death, he feared the multitude because they counted him as a prophet. He was the first prophet after a long spate of 400 years. But when Herod's birthday was kept, the daughter of Herodias danced before them and pleased Herod, whereupon he promised with an oath he swore to give her whatsoever she would ask. We would say today she put it on him. And she being before instructed of her mother said give me here John Baptist's head in a charger. That's kind of like a platter. I want his head on a platter. The kind of platters that have the top that you put over the turkey or the roast to keep it warm as you begin to serve the people. And uh, the king was sorry. Nevertheless, for the oath's sake, whatever king says, it has to go and has to come to pass. It has to go through and has to go, uh, come to pass. And them which sat with him at meat, he commanded it to be given her. Always remember what you read in the Bible actually happened. This actually happened. This is not a myth. This is not a parable. And he sent and beheaded John in the prison. You must understand kings and people in authority, queens, they don't have to do the dirty work. They just have to order it. And it will be done. And his head was brought in a charger and given to the damsel, and she brought it to her mother. And uh, his disciples came and took up the body and buried it and went and told Jesus. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, I pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ, recognizing my weakness, my lack of strength, my lack of strength, or rather, uh, understanding, Lord, I need your strength and your might and your energy. Hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done 
in earth as it is in heaven. I praise you, Holy Father God, and I thank you for your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, your Holy Son, who we are reading about even today, and Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit and the gift of your Holy Word. I praise you, Holy Father God, for your love, your grace, and your mercy. I praise you, Holy Father God, for the millions, the many, and the manifold blessings that you have bestowed upon me, thus my family, and Lord, on your people in this audience, in this country, and around the globe. And Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you today for salvation and spiritual, family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings that you have bestowed upon us all. And Holy Father God, for those of us who are saved and born again, have mercy and grace upon us and forgive us and cleanse us of all of our sins. For you have said in your word, if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we pray for your help and the power of your Holy Spirit not only to confess our sins, but to repent of our sins and turn from our wicked ways. And Lord, I pray that you would crush and crucify our flesh and the old man within us who are saved, those of us who are saved, and fill us afresh and anew with the fullness of the unction and the power, the freedom and the liberty of your Holy Spirit. And Holy Father God, God, in our hearts, our minds, our tongues, our attitudes, and our temperaments, that we will not sin against you. And deliver us, Lord, from temptation, evil, and sin this early afternoon and throughout our lives. And uh, grant us your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit now and throughout this day to love right, to live right, to think right, to do right, to act right, and to do that which is pleasing in your sight. Uh, Lord, uh, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Please continue to give me a greater understanding of that phrase. And Holy Father God, I pray 
Lord, this early afternoon that you will help us who are saved by your grace through the precious blood of Christ. Help us, Lord, to humble ourselves and help us to pray and to seek your face and to turn from our wicked ways and to repent of our wicked sins and get back to you, our first love, in a very real sense, totally 100% committed to you. And, uh, Holy Father God, revive those who are saved, uh, save those who are lost, heal those who are sick, in my family, in this audience, in this country, and around the globe. Comfort those who are grieving and mourning. And draw them to yourself for salvation. Holy Father God, I thank you for giving me uh, your grace to understand what your Holy Scriptures say. That we're not ignorant of the devil's devices. As I told my wife this morning, because of her track record and the devil's track record, the devil is going to try to use her today to try to hinder these services. And I told her to pray as best she can. And I do pray for her salvation. Uh, Lord, I pray that she would humble herself and truly believe in you and forsake religion. For this man that we're preaching about today, he became famous because he preached immediately against the religious people of his day and asked them, who warned you of the wrath to come? And so, Holy Father God, thank you for showing me something that's very bitter, very painful, very ugly as an evangelist, because as you know, Lord, you have put in our hearts as evangelists a desire to see all people saved. But uh, I, I'm convinced that many pastors know that many people are not saved. But we want to see people saved. Uh, it's something you called us to do. You gave us a heart for it. And so it is heartbreaking to realize that many people in the church are like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They're lost, they're, they're religious, but lost. You know who they are, we don't. And so, Holy Father God, I pray for the salvation of my wife, Marika White. Uh, who the devil has used down through the years to try to hinder uh, every service that I've ever preached in evangelistic meetings, revival meetings, and so forth. And you have shown me that she is lost, has never shown any joy or excitement about souls getting saved, new services, new ventures, new outreaches, and uh, I praise you and thank you for giving me seven children 
who have and who to this day help their father preach the gospel and preach the word. To this day, uh, even my baby son who uh, uh, the devil tried to cause a little problem with him today and uh, that didn't shake him up at all and he went forward and had his best morning this week even though he's been faithful every day this week helping his father in the ministry in a huge huge way multiple ways same thing with my daughter Daniqua same thing with my daughter Danielle and uh, my oldest daughter Danny my second oldest daughter, Danita, my son, Daniel, and uh, Danae, uh, who are supporting them to do that. And Holy Father God, I give you the glory and the praise and the honor for that. And Holy Father God, Thank you for giving us the victory. Lord, over the world, the flesh, and the devil. And I pray, Lord, today uh, for the salvation of my wife, Marika White, her mother, her aunts, her siblings. I pray for the salvation of my mother and my two sisters. Uh, one of the evidences of their salvation would be that they will cease ruling over men in the church, ruling over their husbands, and teaching others to do so, for that is a demonic disaster that has ruined the families of thousands across the country, not only them, there are many others who have that same spirit. And Lord, I pray that your Holy Ghost would not give them rest until they come to know you as Savior. For better than having a reunion down here when we don't agree, and we don't, and according to your Holy Word, how can we walk together lest we be agreed? unless we're a bunch of fakes and phonies and hypocrites. Lord, I would rather see us all have a great reunion up there in heaven by everybody humbling themselves, laying, laying aside their pride and their religion, and truly becoming born again. Otherwise, it will be held for every last one of them who is lost. And so, Holy Father, God, I pray this early afternoon, uh, surprisingly, after a week of cold weather, surprisingly warm uh, up in here today, and I thank you for all of the weather that you provide. I thank you, Lord, for the climate that you have control over. And Lord, I pray 
for the salvation of the lost who hear this message live and on demand. And uh, Lord, save those who are lost in this country, around the world, in Ukraine, in Russia, in Kenya, in the Philippines, in China. And uh, Lord, I thank you that the government of China listens to me and reads me every day. Uh, they are the second largest country that reads BCNN One Black Christian News, and we have many countries that do so. But I am convinced it's not just the Christian people in China, but because of where the uh, stats come from, it is the seat of government. And so, Lord, I pray that your Holy Ghost would fall upon them, open their blinded eyes, unstop their deaf ears, lay aside their pride, their commonest pride, and get saved. I thank you, Lord, for allowing me to see, and all of us to see, a change in direction uh, with President Xi Jinping and President Biden. And we're waiting on the brave Churchillian Zelensky uh, to change his view as well as Russia's president, Vladimir Putin. And so Holy Father God, continue to work in their wicked hearts, open their blinded eyes, unstop deaf ears, and save all of their souls. And that, uh, and we pray that the Third World War would be averted. Let your will be done and not ours. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would indeed uh, for those of us who are saved and born again, we thank you for the strength and the grace that you've given us to have pleasure, to take glory in, and to be cheerful in our persecutions, trials, temptations, tests, and tensions, and satanic attacks, and foolishness. At the same time, Holy Father God, I pray that you will lift all of my burdens and all of our burdens for those of us who are saved, cares, worries, anxieties, troubles, problems, and fears from our feeble hearts, minds, souls, and spirits, and fill us with your peace, the pass of all understanding, and your joy unspeakable, your holy serenity and tranquility of mind and heart. I pray still, Lord, that you deliver us from whatever distresses and afflictions, trials, tribulations, troubles, tests, and distresses, and uh, tensions that you can deliver us from. 
Lord, have those remain in our lives, those thorns in the flesh that you want there to keep us humble and praying. And uh, Holy Father God, I thank you for them. And Holy Father God, I pray that you would deliver us also from all trib- all all spiritual, mental, physical, emotional, family, financial, legal, student loan debts and problems and troubles and difficulties. And Holy Father God, I pray for at least $21,000 to come in so that we can buy all new equipment, uh, get everything fixed here that needs to be fixed and stabilized so that we can continue to preach your Holy Gospel and preach your Holy Word every day and uh, publish and write and guide and direct people in the way that they should go based upon your Holy Word, your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding, and your insight that you give us. And Holy Father God, I pray that you'll have that to come to pass. And Holy Father God, I pray that you will continue to Thank you, Lord, for reminding me of that, to give. Thank you, Lord, for reminding me of that, and I pray that all of that would work out beautifully and well. And uh, Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that I thank you for protecting us down through the years. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that you bless and protect us. Continue to bless and protect us going forward. I pray especially, Lord, for my children Danny, Daniel, and Danita, Danae, Daniqua, Daniel, Ezekiel, Danielle, Duran, Danielle, and Quazia, and all of my offspring. And uh, I pray the same for all of the families, Lord, in this country and around the globe and in this audience who name the name of Christ, and I pray for the salvation for all other families. And I pray that you would bless us and protect us, Lord, from ourselves, our flesh, and the devil, and the demons of hell, and from evil people in the family, evil people in the church, and evil people in the world. Place, Lord, upon us the whole arm of God. Surround us with a band of your holy angels in a wall of your holy fire. Cover us and cleanse us, Lord, through the precious blood of Christ and make us to be whiter than snow on the inside and help us to walk in your grace and strength and the power of your Holy Spirit throughout this day. 
and have all that we do and say to be done for your glory, praise, and honor, and for the glory, praise, and honor of the Lord Jesus Christ. For it is in his name we do pray and for his sake. Amen. The death, yea, the life and death of the greatest man who ever lived, according to Jesus Christ himself, John the Baptist. Dr. Matthew Henry said, Herod thought if he could get that troublesome fellow John the Baptist out of the way, he might go on in his sins, undisturbed and uncontrolled by that prophet. Yet no sooner is that effected than, than he hears of Jesus and his disciples preaching the same pure doctrine and message that John preached, and which is more even the disciples confirming it by miracles in their master's name. Ministers may be silenced. Prophets may be silenced. And by the way, I know a little bit about this. The tech giants are trying to silence me. People in evangelical and Protestant and Catholic church are trying to silence me. Even some family members are trying to silence me. It, it, it comes all the way down to this day. And I'm not the only one. There are other prophets and other uh, evangelists and even other just simple basic Christian people who edit Christian magazines online. Case in point, Seth Dillon of the Babylon Bee. He's just simply read an article about a man who's masquerading as a woman who's sitting in the seat of government, Biden's government. And Twitter immediately took him off. And uh, our publication, Black Christian News, has been taken off of Twitter. But hopefully, if they can put Trump back on Twitter, they'll put us back on. That's the strategy of the devil. It never works because you can't stop a prophet of God. And imprisoned and banished and slain, but the word of God cannot be run down. The prophets live not forever, 
but the word takes hold forever. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, to give you a little background and history of this passage, the BKC, the Bible Knowledge Commentary, Dr. Walwood and Dr. Zuck editors, says, as the news concerning Jesus and his mighty works spread, Herod heard about Jesus and his miraculous powers. This was Herod Antipas, who ruled over a fourth of Palestine, hence the title the Tetrarch, including Galilee and Perea. He ruled from 4 BC to AD 39. His father, Herod the Great, had killed the Bethlehem babies, trying to kill Jesus. Herod Antipas judged Jesus when he was on trial. Herod concluded that Jesus was John the Baptist, risen from the dead. Matthew's last reference to John the Baptist was John sending messengers to Jesus to inquire about him. The story concerning John was now completed by Matthew. Herod Antipas had arrested John because of Herodias. John had publicly condemned Herod, who was living with Herodias, his sister-in-law. To bring it up to today, and I don't care whether you like it or not, but what Joe Biden's son, I forget his first name, did after his brother died, started having sex with his brother's wife. That is at least unseemly. Maybe technically they could, they could do that, but that's not that's not uh, a good look. She was his brother Philip's wife, so this was an immoral relationship. Herod Antipas wanted to execute John, but was fearful for the people loved John the Baptist and thought him to be a prophet, a prophet in their day. For there had not been a prophet in 400 years. That's a long time. So he was a continuation of Isaiah and Jeremiah and Malachi and others. And so he was loved by the common people, not by the religious crowd, and not by, evidently, the political crowd. And you must understand about something about the spirit of the prophet. They, they speak for God. They don't speak for the people. 
they're not politicians and whoever is and whoever is doing evil and wrong they they will hear from the prophet the prophet can't be bought or bossed the hypocritical religious crowd a power base the hypocritical evil political crowd another power base oftentimes hooking up together as is the case today they will hear from the prophet who's not bought or bossed by any of them they are the voice of god almighty and if you are doing evil you're going to you're going to hear about it from the prophet it is the spirit of the prophet the holy ghost of god Therefore, he only removed John from the public by placing him in prison. But at a birthday celebration, Salome, Herodias' daughter, danced. She so delighted Herod that he foolishly promised her anything she wanted. And there are many men like that today. And there have been many men like that down through the years. I've already told you about this. I'm going to say it again. Men, great men, rich men, powerful men, will lose their minds over a beautiful woman. And not just any woman, especially the woman who's got something that we can't put our finger on. She's just oozing sensuality. Not only is she beautiful, but she is sexy. And it's just like one of the Wall Street men told a beautiful young lady. She said, girl, you don't understand how Wall Street works, do you? If you want to move up, you have to give up that sex. And that's how it is in many places and in many fields. Uh, oh, we are hearing a little bit about Me Too. Uh, that's just the tip of the iceberg. And I'm, I'm glad to hear it because I have daughters, many of them. And I thank God for them, but we, we, we're not hearing one, maybe no more than 5% of all of the mess like that that goes on. And sad to say there are some women, uh, they're just as guilty for being silly-minded, acting like they don't know what's going on. And some actually enjoying the sex and the money until the money stops flowing or the man goes back to his wife or uh, lies to her about something and then they want to do the Me Too thing. Both are guilty, the men and the women. But you're supposed to, preacher, you're supposed to agree with the women and the women, the woman is always right. That's not the case and you know it's not the case. You chose to do it, you knew what you were doing, and you took the money and ran, and uh, what happens, however, 
once you do that, your soul is tied to his. And you want him. And you can't have him when you want to have him. And you feel like a tramp. See? But men have lost their minds over beautiful, sensuous women. You don't believe me? You, you walk into a room where there's men, great men and, and beautiful women. They, they, they may not even have any education, no college degree, no real job. But men, rich men, famous men, even pastors will lose their minds over a beautiful woman. And they change when a beautiful woman enters the room. Because when God made the woman, son, he made something. You hear me? I mean, see, God is excellent in all that he does. Because I'm a man, I may not see how valuable uh, and how wonderful a man might be. I do know that, that men need to take back their authority. I know that. That's in the word of God. I preach that. And uh, most women have said that they are attracted to men who know their authority. Who walk with confidence and not walking around trying to beg them to be with them and all of that kind of foolishness. But be that as it may, there's something about a beautiful woman, and especially she's dancing like I'm sure this young woman was dancing. This was not, uh, you know, uh, some little ballet thing on on the on the ice, which can be a thing of beauty. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm taking this to be a more sensuous situation that drives men crazy. And you, you, you mock my words. You get into a situation where there are powerful men, even pastors, and a certain woman comes in. They change. They may be very stern and very firm, with while they're talking to powerful men and so forth in a straight face but a beautiful woman come in and she enters the conversation all for the men who are talking about business or ministry or whatever they they, they noticeably change and you're a liar your feet ain't made and your heart pumps peanut butter if uh uh, you lie and say that's not true. They noticeably change. Unless they're effeminate or homosexual and they, they become like them. Excuse me. I know, I know that I'm not supposed to do this. But I need to. They know, and, and now let me just say, say this to you. Let me say this to you. 
Just like a man does not know his attractiveness to a woman, some men do. Most women do not know what, uh, why are you looking at me like that? Most women do not know the power of their beauty. And the other added things that some women have. That cause a man to lose his mind. And don't put it past people like Herod. Who already has his brother's wife. To try to have her too. I'll give you half the kingdom. Girl, you, you're something else. You're just like your mother and younger and more. Don't put it past men to have the mother and want the daughter too. What would make a man give a woman a million dollars? What would make a man give a woman half her kingdom, half his kingdom, where she will have half of it? What would make a man kill the prophet he knows to be a true prophet? Many men have been killed over a knockout woman. And when I say knockout woman, it's not just the beauty. It's that thing. It's something. something. Look at me real good. It's that thing. It's that thing that they have about them that makes a man feel good. Mm -hmm. And let me say to pastors, you powerful pastors out there, Make sure you're tight, as I mentioned last night, with your wife sexually because you can't function in this world with all of these beautiful women and all of these Sylvias in the church dressed to the nines. And mommy may not be dressed to the nines at home. She's dressed in a robe she's been wearing for 17 weeks. Tattered. And her hair is tied up in uh, rollers. And they're coming up to you. And I'm going to ask one of the greatest preachers living today, Charles Stanley, Dr. Charles Stanley. He has shared with us how he's gotten through some of the most painful things in life. And these things are things that made him the great, one of the greatest preachers living today. Charles Stanley can flat shuck the corn man. And everybody knows it. Black and white. He packs them in black and white, red and yellow. And I am publicly asking Charles Stanley before he goes on up a little higher. Uh, since his wife left him for no reason. How did he handle those swine, those, those, not, no, not that, those fine, fat, beautiful women 
who came up to him. How did he handle that temptation after his wife left? Because sometimes a man may not necessarily want sex, but he just wants to be by a woman and have a woman there with him. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like having a woman as a helpmeet to be there. And so he could help a whole lot of pastors who are in the same situation how to handle that because I'm sure they came after him. That's just the nature of the beast. And I pray one day before he goes on up a little higher that he will share about those temptations. Because it's one thing to be single all of your life, which is to me kind of strange for a man, not for a woman, but for a man. Uh, in this day and time, I've told my daughters and I've told young women, if you can contain, your, uh, re control yourself and uh, keep yourself from committing fornication and adultery and homosexuality and all of that, uh, I don't see any need in, 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 in getting married to the people we got out here today, these men out here today. I believe a woman can make it if she keeps herself. But if you can't control yourself, then you can't be committing fornication calling yourself a Christian. But I, I, I don't want to meet a man who is not interested in a woman and not married to a woman or got a girlfriend or getting engaged or uh, married. <clears throat> you couldn't work around me. I don't, want, I don't want a man like that around me. But it's hard when you've been married for 40 years. I said 40-something years. It's hard man to not have that woman lie beside you at night or be available to you. So I, I pray that he would deal with that too. He dealt with some ugly things. I pray that he would deal with that. You know, he doesn't have to preach on it. It would be kind of awkward maybe for him to do that. But maybe just an interview. Maybe I'll do the interview. Dr. Charles Stanley, I'll be glad to do it. There are many men who are in that situation, either with the wife in the house or outside of the house. How do you handle it? How did you handle it all of these years? And we have no doubt that you handled it. That's how much we respect you. But anyway, this is a reality, people. This is a reality, my brothers. You want to know what your tree in the garden is that God does not want you to touch? That beautiful, fine, fat woman. Woman, rather. That beautiful, fine, fat woman. That besetting, sinful situation. That weight. That's, that's the tree that God does not want you to touch. That's the tree that God does not want me to touch. Sylvia. The tree Sylvia. Okay? And and you may need some encouragement in that area. But because so many have fallen for it. And, and like I said, it's not just the body. The fat body. It's not just the beauty. 
It's the sound of her voice. It is that thing that she does for you that if you're not careful, your wife does not do for you. It could be even that cheerful spirit. But it is a known fact that powerful, strong, rich men crumble down to their knees oftentimes for a beautiful, fine woman and what they can do for them, sexually speaking, that nothing else will satisfy. This is Mr. Herod. Her request... And many women have made requests of men, and I'll do this for you. I'll be here at your beck and call to serve you and to service you. Her request, give me here on a platter the head of John the Baptist. That demonic spirit right there where the women who are offended by the prophet is in the world today. Men support me uh, in what I preach big time. There's some pastor's wives and uh, church mothers and uh, uh, and women, some women in the church, even in my own family, who they can't stand me. And they, they want to try to get me put in prison or die because I preach against their demonic rebelliousness, pride, stubbornness, disrespect and foolishness. They hate me for it. And they're so demonic that they would love to see my wife. She and I will be celebrating 35 years of marriage in a few days. My oldest daughter, Danny White, who was born on Thanksgiving. Our first child. And she's already done, at the age of 32, more than most people have done. I, when I say most, I mean it at the age of 82. And they followed she and my oldest daughter, Danita, and now my son, Daniel. Uh, and the rest of the children are going to do the same because Danny and Danita are going to make sure they do it. They followed my footsteps early on in their lives to travel around the world and to do missionary work. Glory be to God.
But these these devilish people outside of my family, pastors' wives, they're so angry with me because I tell men to take back their authority and get in charge of your wife and your children and you tell them what you want done in your house. And I rebuke the daylights out of the Jezebels in the church and in uh, and in this country. So it's a demonic spirit of Jezebel in the church and most men are afraid to deal with it. But, you, but to their credit, men that these Jezebel wives, pastor's wives, have been trying to get their husband to shut me up. They're Herod. They have not budged. They have told Herodus, Herodias rather, and Jezebel all in one, I'm not doing that to that man. I'm not doing that. In fact, one of them told me secretly, one of the pastors, Dr. Dwight McKissick, told me, because he, he knew people were shocked at some of the things I have said, especially regarding my wife, Marika White. He said, you know what, preacher, you, you do what you are led of the Lord to do. Because I got a, a woman who came up to me, she's divorced and all of that, trying to tell me how to treat my wife. And his attitude was, now, where's your husband at? Where, huh? What happened to your husband? I'm married. See, and that's what I say to people. My wife and I have been married for 35 years. Don't come trying to tell me, and you divorced, remarried, you're doing the same poison to other people. Huh? And people have tried to get my wife to leave her husband. You know why? Because they're full of hell and the devil. That's devilish. And uh, they, they, they think that they would, that would give them a victory over me. See, your wife even left you. See, that doesn't work. And you already divorced and remarried, working on your third marriage. Leave me alone. Leave my wife alone. That's what they want. <clears throat> and to my surprise and shock, in light of the fact that how stubborn and proud and rebellious and disobedient my wife has been over the past 35 years, she did not jump at the opportunity. Not one time. They've tried several times. <clears throat> and she shocked, I don't know if she shocked heaven or not, but she shocked me and she shocked them. In one occasion when she came, she left talk, talking with them and came over to me and said, uh, uh, let me ask you, you know, she told them, let me ask my husband, can I go and eat dinner with y'all? I said, I told I said, I told I asked the lady, who are you? God did something in her heart from the word of God, from prayer, from all of the prayers she's heard me pray against this kind of thing happening one day. I never thought it would happen, but it happened and it's happening. And it's not only family members, her devilish aunts 
especially. Her mother has better sense than to be trying to do that because she, in her marriage, ended up in divorce, and I'm sure she regrets it. And I told my wife that your mother's proud of you, but it's your, your Lady Macbeth aunts who are full of hell and the devil instigating some kind of foolishness. But they're not the only ones. My sweet evangelical brethren, you know why they hate it? Because this is the satanic dumb garbage that they have preached for the past 40 to 50 to 60 years. That the wife is always right. You know why? Listen to me, very people. <clears throat> was Herodias right? No, she was not right. She was wrong. And she's in hell today. She murdered John the Baptist. And her daughter murdered John the Baptist. And now they're served up in a charger to hell along with uh, Herod. How about that? All of them in hell today. He, uh, Herod was an accessory to murder. Jezebel Herodias killed John the Baptist. Foolishly thinking you can get rid of the word of God. You can't do that. The word of God still stands. But you know what I am proud of? I, I'm so, I am proud to wear this, this badge of honor that you're so upset at my preaching that you would try to disrupt my marriage and family uh, like your uh, Adam's family, family foolishness. It's not just, 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 her, just um, my wife's family or my family because I'm sure that my mother and my sisters would love to see me proven wrong that a wife ought to submit to a husband, that a woman ought not to be pastoring a church calling herself an, an apostle, calling herself a bishop, calling herself a pastor, calling herself uh, all of that. The only thing a female preacher can call herself under the Bible is, according to the Bible, is a prophetess. They're, they're destroying generations of marriages and families. You say, preacher, that's your family. I know, I still love them. I thank God for the good my mother did do. But they're wrong. And their marriages are shot to hell. One has been divorced and remarried, and one I don't even think they're together anymore. My brother-in-law, Martin, should be the pastor of that church, should have been the pastor of that church since my dad died. For he's more like my dad than I am. He's a true loving pastor. I'm not called to be a pastor. Not his wife, not my sister. And my mother is not the overseer. It should be a man. You're sending the wrong signal throughout the community, throughout the nation, and throughout the world. And I have to preach against this, even with my own mother and, and, and sisters and so forth. Why? Because my mother has always, watch this, has never had a problem ruling over a man. Ruling over her husband and ruling over other men. It's just a matter of fact to her. Doesn't bother her one bit. Why? I believe because she's religious and lost. 
And I believe that if she doesn't get saved, if my sister Sheila does not get saved, and my sister Linda not get saved, born again, they're going to hear the words from Jesus. Not well done, thou good and faithful servant. They're going to hear, uh, when they call upon him and say, we, we said, Lord, Lord, he's going to, he's going to say to them, uh, I never knew ye, ye workers of iniquity. That's what I believe. See? So because it's not based upon what you do, especially if you're doing it wrong. You're doing it against God's word. We all must abide as saved people to the word of God. There are many Herodias, many Jezebels in this country that have controlled and dominated their husbands and marriages and families down into hell. Across this country. That's one of the big problems in the church today. And I don't care who says it's okay. It's not okay. There are women who have too much power. And at the same time, my friend, you know, since we all are free moral agents. You know what I say? To show women, I'm not intimidated by you. Now, now, and by the way, let me say this. The only man that my mother has never ruled over is me. And that's a fact. That's why, we, that's why she doesn't call me. She doesn't communicate with me until my little brother died. That was too much for us. And then, then she tried to reach out to me then. But see, that's too late. That's too late. That's not right. So you don't you don't you don't do that. Only time you call, the only time you send a letter or whatever is when my little brother dies. And, and nobody has told me nobody told me he was sick. Nobody even called me and asked me to pray for him. That's evil. But yet you want me to come and comfort you and come and do something and do this, and I'm not doing that. See, because my mother does not manipulate me like she, like she did my dad. And he knew what she was doing, but he let her do it. And she, he knew he, she was wrong, and she knew she was wrong. They both told me that. See? But she led her daughters into the same old mess... And their marriages and family life has been a mess. Just like our family life was. Uh, being raised in the home. So, uh, it's, it's, it's ironic, it's, it's, it's strange that I'm the one God has called to try to change this mess around. Not only in my family, but in thousands of families across this nation and around the globe. Thousands of people listen to me preach, watch me preach, as well as uh, read me. And, and, and probably more read me than, than the other two. I should not be the one, humanly speaking. But God did something in my heart and called me to be a prophet to deal with it. Is everybody going to change? No. Uh, Jezebel women 
and Herodias women going to continue to hate my guts? Yes. He said, well, why, why did your wife stay? I told her, I believe God had answered all of my prayers up against this day of persecution. And God did something, even though I still do not believe you're saved. God did something in your heart and your mind that I have nothing to do with. And to this day, my wife can leave and refuses to do so. And I thank God she refuses to do so. Because I would have to have me a woman. I'm not Charles Stanley. And let me say something to your pastors where your wife has died. You're not Billy Graham. I mean, you're just as powerful as Billy Graham as far as preaching, but you may not be like him as far as staying uh, single. Okay? Like he did after his wife died. And if you're tempted to get you a woman, you know, and have you a woman, you need a woman in, in, with you. Uh, where you're not going to be sinning against God and committing adultery and fornication and all that. Uh, you, you need to go ahead and get married again. I don't care if you're 60-something, 70-something. If you still got that urge, you better go ahead on and, and get one of those sisters to be with you until the end. Before you mess up at the end of, end of your day, we don't need that. We don't want that. Take yourself a wife. A good wife, though. Not a woman who's going to try to control you. Like Herodias. And Jezebel. And, and, and let me just say something to you now about God. God loves everybody, and God does love his girls, but he does not love Jezebel, and he does not, I mean, he does not love the spirit of Jezebel, and he does not love the spirit of Herodias. And God has a problem with women like that, and God has expressed that in his word, and you need to read it, and stick with the word, and not your feelings or your emotions. Ask Samson. The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. You remember that? Ask Samson. The strong and mighty Samson. Delilah put, Delilah put something on him. You say, well, why was Samson sleeping in her lap? Because Delilah put something on him. You see that? You hear that name, Delilah? Delilah put something on him, put him to sleep. And evidently she did it routinely. Give me here on a platter the head of John the Baptist. I want that prophet. We haven't had a prophet in 400 years. And the first one that come along, I want him killed. And there's some weak men who will have him killed. Because of your booty. 
Mm -hmm. Those supple breasts and your gyrating abilities. was not her idea, for she was prompted by her mother, Herodias. Though this request greatly distressed Herod, he was caught in a trap. And so many men have been caught in a trap. Excuse me, excuse me, my sweet evangelicals. But he was pussy whipped. I know you don't like it, but I'm not concerned about what you think anymore. Because you Pharisees and Sadducees have shown yourselves to be the greatest hypocrites living today. Yes, I'm talking to my sweet evangelicals, white and black, my sweet Protestants, and certainly my sweet Catholics, every last one of you. I can care less what you think because you are involved in looking at pussy online. You are getting pussy that does not belong to you. So I can care less what you think. I really can. It doesn't make a hill of In fact, I'm saying it on purpose. To irritate you about your hypocrisy. You, you people make me sick with this foolishness, man. You do it. You do the evil. But if somebody said, oh, we have to condemn him. We have to. We have to try to block him. I have some friends at Google who can block him. You will let me preach freely. Because maybe you'll get set free. Caught in a trap. He was pussy whipped. For his oath. Was at stake. So he granted. The wish. And John was beheaded. Because he was trapped. Between two women. See when you take your brother's wife. It's just a small step for you to try to take your wife's daughter, you devil. This is why men who get divorced and get married and, and, and take on uh, children from other men, from now their wife, and then they start having, they, they got their wife and stole the wife from the man, now they're going to have sex with the wife's daughter and there's some women who will let him do it and get off on it you're so evil and wicked see this is why the Jezebel pastor's wives can't stand me they, they, another reason why they can't stand me is because they have cre created something or the pastors have let into the church something called divorce care which they think had a pure um, beginning And all it, all it became is a dating platform for horny, married, and 
newly divorced people. And the pastor's wife plays Cupid. Now this is Barry over here, and uh, Julia over here. She uh, he he'll be good for her because she came out of a certain kind of marriage and so forth and so on. And then you got all kinds of living in adultery mess going on in the church, led by Jezebel, the pastor's wife. That's why they hate me. And I know who they are. I know who some of them, some some of the pastors' wives are. And I'm waiting on them to jump so that I can expose them. And they're, they're influencing other pastors' wives. They've already convinced some of their pastors, uh, the Herod pastors, Ahab pastors, not to have me come and speak when I told you a long time ago I would have to backslide to get into fellowship into your church. I, I said that a long time ago. I got that from an old evangelist. What's his name? The old evangelist uh, used to write books. Uh, uh, it was a friend of Billy Graham's. I forget his name right now. See? And uh, I would have to backslide to get in the field. I don't want to come to your church and preach. That's the last place on earth I want to come and preach to your church. Because most of the people in the church are lost. You're probably lost yourself. See, and that, that's, that, that's what I'm not going to go along with this foolishness. This charade that you people have been doing for, for 30, 40, 50 years. You're woke. I'm preaching to the woke church. Oh, and by the way, I'll be preaching tonight on wokeism, the blob of Beelzebub. The same thing that happened with the prophets in the past. Jezebel against Elijah and so forth and so on. John the Baptist and Herodias is happening today. Thank God none of the pastors that I know have listened to Herodias or Jezebel and come after me. That would be, I thank God that they have not done so and they said, no, I'm not going to bother that man because he's preaching the truth. That's what they have told him. Because all, all it takes is just one or two, maybe three of their husbands to come after me. And there have been some weak, effeminate men on their own try to come after me but most of them are white white southern baptists trying to mess with me even where I live at and I know who they are and nobody can get you like the Southern Baptists, if they want to get you, they can they can cause you some problems. Only God has protected me 
from the and these are these are not the Bible believing Southern Baptists. These are the liberal, woke, homosexual supporting Southern Baptists. Led by Andy Stanley. And one other man I'm not going to mention because he's he's coming out little by little. John's disciples gave his body a decent burial and reported to Jesus what had happened. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to stop it there for today. Jesus Christ said he was the greatest man who ever lived. And Jesus Christ, even though you are a wicked, evil sinner, he loves you. For he said, the most loving words, the most powerful words, the most magnificent words, and the most important words in the history of the world, when he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. <clears throat> Do you want everlasting life? Do you want to avoid going to hell when you die? Don't, don't say you're not worried about the future concerned about the future. That's why you have life insurance. That's why you have flood insurance. That's why you have house insurance. So that if you die, your house will be paid off for your family. You have car insurance in case you get into a car accident. Or in case you get pulled over. If you don't have proof of insurance in that car, you, you, you can have that car towed. You have to walk home or go to jail or pay a fine. Something's going to happen bad if you don't have proof of insurance in case something happens. Well, your dying is not in case. You're going to die. Okay? You know that. Your mother died, your dad died, your grandmother died, your grandfather died, and you're going to die. So you need to get ready for what's going to happen after you die. For God has said, it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. God said in his word, we are all sinners, all have sin and come short of the glory of God. God said in his word that the wages of sin is death. That means that our punishment for our sins, a part of our punishment for our sins is death physical death.
which will turn into spiritual death. <clears throat> in hell. Where, we, where you will continue dying. And never die. Continue burning. And never stop. Continue being in torment. That's how awful sin is. And Jesus Christ preached more on hell than anybody in the Bible. Jesus Christ preached more on hell than he did about heaven. So, dear friend, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, as Jesus Christ said, so that you can be saved from hell. You're not going to be saved from death. You will still die. What God wants you to understand is that if God will allow you to die from this beautiful ball called earth, hanging and turning on nothing, lit by the sun during the day and lit by the moon at night, and trillions of stars and galaxies, You need to understand that he will allow you to go to hell if you do not believe in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in Jesus Christ today. Believe in your heart his gospel, his good news, that he suffered, he bled, and he died as the Lamb of God. Uh, and that's the greatest thing that John the Baptist ever said. The greatest man who ever lived said. Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. Believe in the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for all of your sins, past, present, and future, was buried and rose on the third day by the power of Almighty God. Believe in Him with all of your heart. Pray to Him based upon what the Bible says. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Ask Him to save you, and He will. Follow me in what is called the sinner's prayer. Believing in your heart in the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose from the dead by the power of God. And he will save you. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Holy Father God. I admit that I am a sinner and that I have done evil in your sight. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul and please forgive me, Lord of all of my sins.
as I now believe with all of my heart. In the Lord Jesus Christ. Who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for all of my sins. Was buried and rose on the third day. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul today. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to repent of my sins. Help me to change. And help me to turn from my wicked lifestyle. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's all it takes, baptism will not save you, church membership will not save you, shaking the preacher's hand or taking the right hand of fellowship will not save your soul. Giving money to the church, working in the church, none of that will save you. Simple faith and belief in Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for our sins. If you have done that and you have called upon his name in sincerity, then according to the words of God and the words of Jesus Christ, you are now saved from hell. And you're on your way to heaven. You say, Preacher, how can you say this so, with so much confidence? Because I have confidence in the Word of God. Not our feelings or what we think. I believe the Word of God is factual and true. So, to help you grow in the faith, please go get my free book. I said free book at gospellightsociety.com download it. The title of the book is What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. It will give you the next steps on what you should do as a Christian and help you grow in the faith to be the Christian disciple that God wants you to be. And email us and let us know that you got saved today. You can email us on the email that's on your platform. We're on multiple platforms. And let us know that you got saved so that we can rejoice with you and pray for you. If you have a specific prayer request, send it in and we'll pray for you until you tell us to stop by God's grace. Also, please go to Google and Google and type in Gospel Light Society Podcasts or Daniel White the Third Podcast, and you will find thousands of podcasts on nearly 50 different subjects dealing with theology and Christianity that you can listen to free of charge and grow in the faith. And all I did was pass on my education with five uh, different degrees on to you 
And I, I believe that I'm teaching it better than my professors did. In fact, I know it. And uh, you will get a great Bible college education. Uh, and uh, you will grow thereby. Now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to shift over into another uh, service called the Standing Between the Living and the Dead service. And uh, I'm going to let you listen to a little music right now while I take a little break. So bear with me. God bless you. Of the greatest man who ever lived, John the Baptist. What a life. What a privilege. What a blessing. What a joy. For him to do what he was able to do. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family. And to the standing between the living and the dead, Prayer, devotional, memorial, family, uh, and evangelistic service, family members. My beloved, uh, this is Daniel White the third. President of Gospel Light Society International with the White House daily reading of the Chronological Bible episode number 684 where I simply read the Holy Bible in the King James Version each day in chronological order. This unique viewpoint allows us uh, to read the whole Bible as a single, true, non-fiction story and to see the unfolding of God's plan in history, the present and the future. Today, my beloved, we're reading 1 Kings chapter 12. Verses 21 through 24. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for your holy word. I pray that you would grant me your energy, your strength, your unction, and your anointing, your freedom and your liberty and the power of your Holy Spirit to read your holy word to teach your holy word, to preach your holy word, and to preach your holy gospel, so that others may come to know you as Savior. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, 
I have the high honor and the distinct privilege and the great pleasure in my to read rather the Word of God in your hearing. Uh, thus saith the Lord, thus saith the Lord, the Holy Bible, in your hearing. First Kings chapter 12 verses 21 through 24. And when Rehoboam was come to Jerusalem, he assembled all the house of Judah with the tribe of Benjamin and hundred and fourscore thousand chosen men which were warriors to fight against the house of Israel to bring the kingdom again to Rehoboam the son of Solomon. But the word of God came unto Shemaiah the man of God saying speak unto Rehoboam the son of Solomon king of Judah and unto all the house of Judah and Benjamin and to the remnant of the people saying Thus saith the Lord, Ye shall not go up, nor fight against your brethren, the children of Israel. Return every man to his house, for this thing is from me. They hearkened therefore to the word of the Lord, and returned to depart according to the word of the Lord. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for the power, the depth, uh, the anointing of your Holy Word. Help us to take heed to it. Help us to love it, cherish it, obey it, and apply it to our lives. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, our Lord, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes, among family and among friends. To the standing between the living and the dead, prayer, devotional, memorial, family, and evangelistic service, family members, my beloved. This is Daniel White, the third, 
president of Gospel Light Society International with the White House family devotional reading of Charles Haddon Spurgeon's Treasury of David. This is episode number 198. Psalm 1833 says, He maketh my feet like hinds' feet, and setteth me upon my high places. The conqueror's feet had been shod by a divine hand, and the next note must therefore refer to them. He maketh my feet like hinds' feet, and setteth me upon my high places. Pursuing his foes, the warrior had been swift of foot as a young roe. But instead of taking pleasure in the legs of a man, he ascribes the boon of swiftness to the Lord alone. When our thoughts are nimble and our spirits rapid, like the chariots of Amenadib, go ahead Spurgeon, let us not forget that our best beloved's hand has given us the choice favor. Climbing into impregnable fortresses, David had been preserved from slipping and made to stand where scarce the wild goat can find a footing. Herein was preserving mercy manifested. We too have had our high places of honor, service, temptation, and danger. But hitherto we have been kept from falling by the grace of God, somebody ought to say amen right there. Bring hither the harp, and let us emulate the psalmist's joyful thanksgiving. Had we fallen, our wailings must have been terrible. Since we have stood, let our gratitude be fervent. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, I cannot thank you enough for this powerful devotional from the Psalms. You led me to take this on as a part of our devotional service because this is a book that we all have read in my family uh, for the entire 35 years of the existence of this family. And Lord, to have the privilege to read the Psalms like this, verse by verse, along with your servant, he being dead yet speaketh, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, is a double blessing. 
with your holy word being, of course, the star and the most important part of this. We give you all of the glory, praise, and honor for your holy word and for your servant that I believe, Lord, you gave the mother load of anointing and unction to be a blessing, Lord, many years after he is dead. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, in Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. We are now in Ephesians chapter 6. As God uh, is speaking to us in uh, the family about the importance of holding the devil at bay and putting on the whole arm of God. God taught me and God showed me many years ago uh, that this is a pot. It is not only adjacent to the um, family verses proper, but it is a part of the family verses because you will experience your greatest spiritual warfare in your own family. We're going to go a little bit further today than yesterday. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole arm of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So that's what you're dealing with. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. (coughs) You are dealing with devils. You're not just dealing with your family. Sirs, husbands, wives, children, and I I say husbands and wives, not that the wife is on the same level as the husband. Is the vice president on the same level as the president? No. It's a hierarchy. God, Jesus Christ, 
the man, for he was created first, the woman lines up under him, not beside him. She does not have the same authority. I know people in the American way, and some of you just can't stand the fact that I'm saying that. But it is true. And then the children. <clears throat> and you need to understand that in your family, the devil is going to attack you. All of those dark monsters that you just read about, you just heard me read about. And so you need to put on the whole arm of God every day. You need to ask God to put on, put on you the whole arm of God, everybody in your family. And so therefore, husbands, fathers, you need to pray with your wives or with your wife individually. And uh, you need to pray with your children in the morning. And you need to teach them to pray and teach them how to pray and get a, get a hold of God. In the afternoon, at night, and you need to read the Word of God and meditate on the Word of God and hide the Word of God in your heart. Otherwise, your marriage and your family is going to fall apart, and you're not going to get your children to where they need to be. And if you don't understand that husband and wife first and foremost, the husband first, the wife second, if you are going to think foolishly that you're dealing with flesh and blood, and all of this is flesh and blood, and there are some Negroes who, and I'm not going to try to explain myself this morning, you know me by now, there are some Negroes, be they black or white, who <clears throat> they want to. They come from argumentative families. They come from the Hatfields and the McCoys. They love to argue. They love to defend themselves. They love to fight. They love to raise Cain and they love to raise hell. They're never happy. They're mean as the devil. Uh, any little thing, they're going to try to make it into an issue when they know that is not the issue. And they want it to be, listen to me very carefully, they want it to be between you and them. They never want you to bring God in the picture. They hate you and you say, let's pray. They don't want that. They want to argue. They want to be mean as the devil. They want to be hateful, and they want to be mad as the devil all day long. It is to them their job. They come from families like that, argumentative. Wake up mad as the devil, and mean as the devil all day long. They don't want to pray in the morning. You hear me? These people. My wife has been like this all of our marriage. She comes from that kind of family. She does not, she never wanted to pray in the morning. Never wanted to read the Bible. Got up wanting to raise hell, especially on Wednesdays when I was supposed to preach that night and on 
Saturdays when I was supposed to preach that night, on Sundays when I was supposed to preach that night, and horror of horrors for her, when God called me to preach every day, buddy, and see, she resisted that so much and was so mad as the devil about that so much. Let me tell you something that happened. That's when she started getting sick. She caught a disease because she was giving me hell because I was preaching every day. And that was when I was just preaching for 100 days. Now it's going on 3,000 days. She got sick. We had to take her to the hospital. That's when it be, that's when it started. And 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 she does not make she, she it's hard for her to make the connection. But every time she raises hell and tries to cause a problem, she gets sick. The same disease. That's when it started. It started when I first, for the first time in my life, God spoke to my heart. Because I didn't speak to my own heart about it. Because I, you, you must understand, I like to take it easy. I, that's a fact. Everybody in my family knows that about me. I, 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 I can work hard when I have to but and get things done. But I like to take it easy too. I enjoy... Uh, leisure and the pleasures of life. I, 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 I feel sorry for people who don't enjoy themselves. Who don't enjoy a great meal. Huh? Who does not enjoy a glass of wine with that meal. I said one glass. I feel sorry for you. And, and you sweet evangelicals who you mad at me because I drink wine. I don't care. I don't care what you think. I'm not trying to fit in with you all. I never have. God told me not to join up with you people. And I have a pastor friend who, he didn't want me. He, he's connected to you all. But he didn't, want me to, he didn't want me to join up with you folks. Because he knew that you would try, you would try to mess me up and try to hinder me. And, and he knew that God called me to a certain calling. And I personally believe he didn't want me to go to Dallas Theological Seminary because he knew that they would try to, they would not have messed me up, but they, they, he, he knew they would try to mess me up. I believe that with all my heart. Because he has the power to make that happen. I believe he didn't want me to become soft like some of these people have become. Dr. Ed Young Jr. said in one of his sermons, we have a bunch of soft men, pastors, uh, serving the church members soft serve ice cream. <laughs> I said, go ahead, doctor. Go ahead, doctor. Ed Young Jr., you rising to the occasion, man. That's right. 
I enjoy eating, having a great meal with a glass of red Cabernet wine. And I recommend it to you. And you need to get off of that those medications and hot medications and cholesterol medic- medications. And you're eating like a hog and then you're taking medication to save your life. You eat well and you drink a glass of wine with it. And you'll be blessed. Paul, I'm not, a only, I'm not the only one recommending that, you sweet Baptist. You strain at a net and swallow a camel. Jesus Christ made wine. The Apostle Paul told his protege to drink a little wine for your stomach's sake. Wine, good wine, red wine, dry wine, not sweet, is good for you. It cleanses out. Cleanses your palate, cleanses out your veins from all that cholesterol and whatever else, the grease and everything else. Or you can have some some butter, you just drink some wine with it. Hello. Aren't you concerned that the Baptist popes are going to condemn you to hell and tell everybody not to listen to you? I can care less. At this point, because it has been the Baptist popes, rather, (laughs) and the evangelical pope that has ruined this country. They've ruined their families. They've ruined the church. They've ruined America. Don't tell me anything. I don't want to hear it. Don't make me come after you, man. I'm trying my best to hold back. I've already said some things about you, superhero, Baptist, sweet evangelicals got the best education in the world, and you fouled up everything. So I don't want to hear it. I, I, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't even want to hear it from you. So don't you want to be in our group? Nope. No. I have people in your group who they're in the in crowd. They don't want me to be in the group because you, they know you will mess me up. That's what they think. But ain't nobody messed me up at this point. God raised me up to do what I'm doing. And he told me, don't don't join up with the charismatic fellows who want to invite you on their platform. Don't join up with the Southern Baptist fellows. And don't join up with the evangelicals. Don't, don't compromise. I want you to stay the way you are so you can... Preached to everybody, National Baptist, everything, and all these people been good to me. Separately, on their own, the National Baptists have been good to me, but I rebuked the daylights out of the preachers in that group. Southern Baptists have been good to me. Evangelicals have been good to me. Bible Church has been good to me. One pastor, uh, at at least six figures over the past 20 years. He doesn't know me. I don't know him. But God just spoke to us. I want you to take care of this preacher and his family. We don't even know each other, have never spoken. But God has used him to at least bring to our way and, and, and support us with it by using various means to try to cover up who he was 
at least six figures over the past 20 years. That's just God touching his heart. I never asked him for a dime. Okay? I prayed to God for what we needed, and God touched his heart and his wife's heart to stand with us. And I know, I, I, I know his wife was could not possibly possibly have been as crazy was not that crazy about me it's impossible and he's not either about some things I said like I said this morning some things I said this morning he wouldn't he could he would not uh, be pleased with that but he's the kind of pastor who uh, understands that God uses people differently And so, my beloved, uh, if you want to see your family preserved, and you should, you should want to make it to 35 years and see your children grown and move on out of the house with their mother and with their father and not some other joker or jokess. And then you got their other family, their children with the other women or man, and all of that wickedness and foolishness, and living in adultery mess and incest. No. And by the way, I could have done the same thing you did. I could have easily... Went out and got me a young honey, started another family, and then had the family with her and all of that, living in adultery, causing her to live in adultery, the woman I married to live in adultery, causing the woman I was married to before, uh, if she wants to get married again, living in adultery, just a mess, total mess. And you, and hopefully it's about time for you people to stop trying to make messes all wonderful and great and dandy. It's, it's disgusting how people are trying to make messes all wonderful and dandy. And, and Americans are, are the best camouflagers and fakes and hypocrites and phonies until it all blows up in their face. Or well, we're the best at it, because you know we're we're Americans. Let's pray for all people. Let's pray for some people, and uh, let's pray for some families or all families rather. Right now, Holy Father God in heaven, I do pray for the salvation of lost families. I pray for the revival of saved families, and I pray that both groups would believe in your holy word and practice your holy word so that their marriage and family can last. 
And Holy Father God, we do pray for the millions of people who are hurting in this country and around the globe. From the coronavirus plague and other plagues that have grown out of it, because we in the church have not repented of our sins and most of us don't have a mind to do so. And so, Lord, I pray that you would comfort those who are hurting from the coronavirus plague and other plagues today. And not only the millions, but Lord, we pray for a few by name. We pray for the family and friends of California resident Sandra Erickson. We pray, Lord, for the family and friends of Oklahoma resident Joe Ramirez. We pray for the family and friends of Indiana resident Sandra Flattery Nelson. We commit these souls into your hands as well as ours. We pray, Lord, now for the prayer requests that have come in. We thank you for the thousands of prayer requests that have come in down through the years. Thank you for giving us a mind, grace, and strength to pray for all of those people and their specific needs down through the years. And we pray for all of them today that you will bless them with salvation, spiritual, family, life, financial, material, protection, and provision blessings that you uh, can, you're the only one who can bestow upon them. And we thank you for all of those blessings that you bestowed upon all of us down through the years. And uh, Holy Father God, thank you for hearing and answering thousands of prayers. We pray for our dear brother, Pastor Bashibi. Thank you for the privilege to join him in prayer for many years now. Thank you, Lord, for the vibrant worship service and for the addition of new members to your kingdom. Thank you for the souls saved, restored, and delivered, lives changed, and people healed. Thank you for blessing the prayers for the nation's event. Thank you for the ministry opportunities through the Board of Management of Starlight High School. Please give gracious favor to greater harvests, heal Dora's knees, deliver Africa from drought, famine, and starvation. Please provide them with Bibles for new souls, basics for orphans and widows, food and water ministry resources, and provide for the upcoming women and youth conferences in December. Lord, we pray for Marie Grace. Please keep her safe, secure, and protected from bad people. Do the same for all of us and gang members and associates. Stop these people from walking on her property and deliver her from them. Please bless her with a safe place to live. We pray for PTK. Please save him, comfort him, provide for him and his family, and give them love, joy, peace, and hope in you. Help him to look to you and not his circumstances. Help him to serve others and glorify you. We pray, Lord, for Jensen. Please bless him with the Holy Spirit's mighty anointings, with all spiritual, physical, soul blessings, divine intervention, protection, 
wisdom, connections, and wealth, blessings. Bless him with anointings and gifts of the Holy Spirit, power of authority and fruits of the Holy Spirit in his life. Help him to do your will and your ministry mightily in Jesus Christ's name. Deliver him from all curses and satanic evil works. Protect him from the coronavirus plague and bless him with prosperity and his own house in a blessed atmosphere. Do the same for all of us under the sound of my voice and beyond. And Lord God in heaven, we pray for the people who have believed in Jesus Christ through the preaching of your glorious gospel from this pulpit. Lord, we thank you for the thousands who have gotten saved, and we pray for a few by name. Help them all to grow in the faith and to stand strong in the faith. We pray for Daisy, Razak, Victor, Deshita, Melwert, and we pray, Lord, for the people who have recommitted their lives to you, who have heard the preaching of your holy word, the whole counsel of God, and came under conviction and want to come back from their backslidden state. We pray for the thousands, and we pray for these few by name, Michalina, Helen, Virgie, Angelic, and Oye. We commit these souls into your hands as well as ours, in Jesus Christ's name I do pray, and for sake, amen. And dear friend of mine, and dear friend of mine, if you missed uh, the preaching of the gospel uh, earlier today, allow me to say to you what Jesus Christ said in that he said the most loving, most wonderful, most magnificent, most powerful, and most important words ever said in the history of the world. Hear them now. He said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And all you have to do, according to his words, is believe in him. Church membership can't save you. Singing in the choir can't save you. Working for the Lord in the church can't save you. Giving money to the church can't save you because you don't have enough money. Uh, working in the church can't save you because you don't have enough time. And so, dear friend, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou, you, shalt be saved the Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Just pray a little prayer like this, and God will save your soul uh, through your faith in Jesus Christ, his Son. Repeat after me, Holy Father God, I acknowledge and I admit that I am a sinner that I have done evil in your sight by lying, by stealing, by lusting, by uh, dishonoring and disobeying my parents, by uh, dishonoring you by taking your name in vain, and many other sins. I have broken your Ten Commandments. And I am guilty, and I deserve to go to hell 
For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive me of all of my sins. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul today. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to change. Help me to repent of my sins. And help me to follow you, Lord Jesus Christ, in the newness of life. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Uh, dear friend of mine, God bless you until next time, Lord willing. By the grace of God, I will be back tonight. If the Lord says the same, seven o'clockish thereabouts and I will be preaching on wokeism the blob of Beelzebub so invite your family members invite your friends invite young people and help them to get their eyes open by hearing the Word of God Always remember until then whether you come back tonight or not. For some of you may love football more than you love God. I don't know. Pray without ceasing. Obey the word of God without ceasing as well. And remember the motto of the Marines. Semper Fi. Be always faithful. And the motto of the Air Force men and women, Semper Supra, always above, keep your heart and mind stayed on the Lord. If you do something good, give him the credit, just like Steph Curry, give him the glory. And if I don't see you again, have a great Thanksgiving week. A happy birthday to my oldest daughter. Danny White, Daniela White, who has served the Lord mightily uh, in my ministry and has helped her father mightily and greatly down through the years from the time she was a little girl. She was my biggest supporter and helper in the ministry. Uh, uh, and so I give God the glory for that. Uh, she'll be turning uh, 32 uh on thanksgiving to be more exact the day before thanksgiving but she was born on thanksgiving and it was very fitting for her to write several books on thanksgiving and we all wrote books on thanksgiving and uh throughout our life together and what a joyous blessing it was. And uh, she and my daughter, Danita, were the ones who fixed Thanksgiving dinner for many days. And so, <coughs> which included bacon-wrapped turkey. 
So we give God the glory, praise, and honor. Uh, we always have a great Thanksgiving, no matter what the circumstances are. And we wish you a merry and happy Thanksgiving. If we don't see you again, however, I want you to know I'll be preaching every day throughout the Thanksgiving holiday, uh, Thanksgiving week. If the Lord says the same, I may take a few days off, but I, I doubt it. And so, uh, and I, I will certainly be preaching on Thanksgiving if the Lord tarries is coming and we live. But tonight, Lord willing, I'll be back and we'll be glad to see you, glad to have you. God bless you. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving Sunday. Give God the glory, praise, and honor. As the music plays, we'll see you next time.